for a really long time, I had a bunch of people being like, you got to do one thing and do it well. And so I was always trying, but like, I, I could never just do that. Like there was always mm -hmm. more than one thing. And uh, at some point I was just like, what if I just did the opposite of that? This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. On today's episode, I'm bringing in someone who, since I met him four years ago, went from running a business that looked a lot like mine to growing to a team of 30. And he has a ton of great insights to share with us. Boss of his business, Jake Jorgovin. Jake is a serial entrepreneur and the founder of Content Allies, Lead Cookie, and a Rate Incubator. He's also a prolific blogger and the host of the podcast, Working Without Pants, which I will also be appearing on in the next few weeks and where we had a very different conversation. So definitely check that out. But in the meantime, we caught up recently and covered topics such as using personality tests like StrengthsFinder to most effectively focus your time and communicate best with those around you. Jake's brilliant hiring process that helps him save time by weeding out 95% of applicants up front and still find the person who will best fit in with the team. Plus, Jake helps me get my mind right about bringing people in-house. If you, like me, hate the idea of employees, this will probably be an interesting perspective shifter for you. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, Jake. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on here, Pia. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but the first time we connected, I actually reached out to you about your podcast. Do you remember that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's crazy that it's years been ago. years. Yeah. <laughs> so we're reconnecting again. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I reached out because your podcast seemed cool and it seemed really in line with the people I was looking for. And I really was just drawn to you because, I don't know, I, I guess I related to a lot of stuff that you say. And also, I just love how transparent you are. <laughs> you really lay it all out there. And I I, I think I'd, I like to do that, too. I think you do it even more. So I'm excited to have a conversation with you about that. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's I guess, one of the big things that I've always just, there's a lot of people that always kind of put on the front online. And I'm just like, I'm going to put out all the good, the bad, and just share it all. And there's good and bad that comes from doing that. But yeah, it's it's just the approach I like. <laughs> it's, it's easier in some ways, right? <laughs> I would say so, yeah. No filter. Yep. So you have quite a bit going on. You always have like how many, pro you're like an octopus. What's uh, going on right now? <laughs> yeah, so kind of the where I'm at in this phase of it. So I've got two primary businesses that are a lead cookie, which we're basically kind of a done for you outbound sales team. So we're kind of do full outbound appointment setting and sales for our customers. I've got it's explicitly uh, on LinkedIn. We have moved far beyond LinkedIn. You have. Yeah. Oh, so that really? has been a very big evolution since we oh, last okay. spoke. Well, we we'll we started off as too. a LinkedIn agency mm -hmm. and now we do LinkedIn email, cold calling. We even have some closers for some accounts as well, mm -hmm. doing like very full service, gone very much up market in that space. Very so, cool. For much bigger clients. Is that yeah, definitely some bigger clients. We still do some um, smaller ones, but it is we've definitely gone up market in terms of the clients that we're working with. And yeah, that definitely has been a, an evolution in that business as well. Okay, cool. So that's yeah. one. We'll talk about that a little bit more. What's the okay. other one? Content Allies, which is basically okay. we're a company, we're a content agency where we're, our focus is really on we're doing what we call the Gary V model, which is basically we interview our clients on a video chat, something like this. 
And then we take that video file and we turn that into a bunch of small video clips, into podcast episodes, into articles and social posts. So basically for really busy people, uh, we're able to create a ton of content with a very small amount of time. And that's the content, what we do at Content Allies. And then really this kind of vision of what I'm doing is I was like, okay, so I've got a sales company and I've got a content company. I basically have like an entire marketing department. And so I'm using those to launch a bunch of other companies in partnership with others. So I'm kind of partnered with some guys in the cybersecurity space. And I'm like, hey, you guys can use Lead Cookie and you guys can use Content Allies. And I kind of act as an advisor in that business. And launching this up there, I've got another software product that I'm doing something similar as well. So now that I've got these kind of two, I guess, professional service companies, I'm using those to launch additional companies in partnership with others in the space. So that's kind of the the model or the vision that I'm going toward. So Oh, I love that. So you're your own little VC. Essentially, yeah, that's it's very similar <laughs> to a VC model, but with like my own companies are the right. uh, the, the incubator. Yes. Right, the fire painter. Oh, I love that because that's my dream too. <laughs> is that is that was that always the vision? I mean, the idea of being able to be a part of and I assume have some ownership in these different businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not always the vision. For a really long time, I had a bunch of people being like, "You got to do one thing and do it well." And so I was always trying, but like I, I could never just do that. Like there was always mm-hmm. more than one thing. <laughs> and uh, at some point, I was just like. What if I just did the opposite of that? And what if I just like leaned into it? So for about the past five months, I just spun up a ton of projects. Some of them have kind of died or I've kind of like cut, but I would just kind of like really open to just like starting new projects with people. And I kind of had this whole like funnel of projects where things were in consideration. And then I would kind of move things to the next phase. And out of that, all these kind of like changes to the business model and these new ideas formed and some of these projects kind of really stuck in there. They're getting traction. So it was not always the thing. It was kind of more or less of just this decision to just be like, what if that one piece of advice everyone talks about? Like, what if that's just not right for me? Because it doesn't feel right. And so that's kind of what has led to that that shift of mindset. Mm, I love that approach. You know me. What if the exact opposite of what everyone's saying? So I love how you put on your website, talk about transparent. You're like, here are my personality test results. And this is exactly, I mean, I almost feel like this is you working through that. Okay. Opposite. I'm going to tell you, this is how I work. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. And this is why I do the things I do, which makes complete sense. If you're like, tell me a little bit about your personality type or what you found, because it, it works perfectly with this model. Yeah, that was in, that was something that I've just I've done. And I feel like this is a path of, I think, becoming successful in the entrepreneurs is like level of self-awareness. So I've gone through yep. strategic coaches, unique ability. I've gone like you've done like crystalnose.com and like I've gone through strengths finder and all these different things. And to just like really learn and where I'm strong and what I'm really good at is my number one strength is I'm an achiever. And then everything else is basically around like visualizing a future, coming up with ideas, and then like putting things into action and one-on-one relationships. Like that is a lot of where my strengths are around. I'm not good at follow through. I'm not good at like execution. And so I put that whole thing together because I started to realize as I'm like partnering or collaborating with people or I'm advising um, people that there's so much of just understanding personality quirks that is like really just important to a a good working dynamic because 
if someone is not aware of themselves, then they can put themselves in the spots where they're not going to succeed or they may get annoyed at you or they you might get annoyed at each other. And I think the more you begin to understand that for yourself, and I'm having my whole entire like leadership team go through, do similar things. And it's amazing how we all just be like, wow, like I've been trying to do the wrong thing. Like we just had like literally one of my team members just completely changed her role by going through this process and be like, I've been trying to do the wrong thing for like a really long time. And mm. this is not the role for me. Um, which process did she go through? She's been going through the unique ability by strategic coach, which I think is, it includes strength finder. It includes a few others, uh -huh. but I think it's a really, it's a bigger one and all encompassing strength finders, probably like a really quick kind of like 80, 20, mm -hmm. but unique ability kind of takes it even further and has a lot of self-reflection on that. Can, can you share just as an example, like what she was doing and why that was wrong? Yeah. So she's always been like, oh, I really like people and stuff like this. She's an extrovert. And so she was trying to go into this content strategy thing. And then by like going through this unique ability process, one of the one of the other activities is like, you know, doing a log of everything you do on a day to day and like what brings me energy, what drains energy for me. And then she mm -hmm. was just like, I don't actually like being on calls while I like people. I don't like being on client calls. What she's really great at is like the organization, the operational side. And so it was literally her working in a year and a half as a content strategist kind of struggling mm. and then being like, but she was great at all the operational and execution side. And then it was just like, oh no, we should probably pull you there, put other people there, like all these other strategists. And then you just support the other strategists with operations. And it was this just really big kind of breakthrough, I guess, that came from that. Gotcha. Okay. But as tell me about you as the owner. First of all, can we take a step back? Can you yeah. explain because you have you have two companies and then you are invested in and working with partnered. I assume they have really people who are the leads, like you're not cybersecurity expert, right? Yeah, no, I'm partnered right. with cybersecurity. Right, you're partnered with them. Yeah. Right. So you've got kind of your two big companies, your two main companies, and then you have all these other companies. Like, how is this all structured? Because you started as a solopreneur. What was your yes, first right. business? I had an agency a long time ago um, that was actually partnered with another person and we had a team. And then I kind of broke out of that and I did kind of solopreneur freelance consulting for probably about four years. Consulting and then what? I was consulting. consulting a lot in like random stuff. And then eventually I niched down to outbound. And then out okay. of like a few years of being an outbound consultant is where Lead Cookie was born. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So so that's how you got to Lead Cookie. And that was the first that is one of your businesses now. How did, how is Lead Cookie structured? How did that end up going into Ally Content? Uh, content yeah. Allies, which is a great name, by the way. I can't believe that wasn't taken. Yeah, that was a lucky one. It, it, <laughs> it, when that they, happens. <laughs> so I initially launched like Content Allies within the Lead Cookie LLC, and then I quickly realized that's a really bad idea. Mm. It just makes books and stuff. Whenever you're trying to launch a new business and you have all these upfront costs and things aren't profitable, it screws mm. up your whole book. So I now literally have separate LLCs. So I have three active LLCs. I'm in the process of opening a fourth one. So I basically have Lead Cookie is a company with his own books and own business. Content Allies is a company. And then I have this other one, which is kind of a third kind of catch-all, which is everything I put my personal brand through. Uh, as I'm kind of starting these new projects, I just kind of start them in this new company. Mm -hmm. And then most of these projects, we say, hey, when we hit five grand or we hit 20 grand of revenue, we're going to break that out into its own company. So that's kind of the... The process, so one of them I'm currently breaking out into like a fourth LLC at the moment. So that's kind of okay. the, the flow. 
Okay, cool. And then how are these um, businesses structured? Like how many people do you own them? And you can tell me if you don't want to show this, but you're so transparent. That's why I'm so curious. How, how do you own Lead Cookie and Content Allies outright? And do you, are you, do you have people working for you or do you have partners? Like, because if you're the visionary and you, and you said yourself, the execution or the follow through is not your biggest strong point, then I would assume you very quickly brought people in to do that for you. Is that right? Yeah. So as of today, I still own a hundred percent in all of the companies, okay. but I have two guys that I've, they're basically becoming partners at Lead Cookie. So they pretty much run everything there. They are core to it and we're very aligned. We've been working together for a few years now. And so they're going to start kind of earning actual equity into that, mm-hmm. which was like a weird thing at first. Cause it's like, that was like my baby. I built that, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, to get this to the bigger vision. And a big part of this is like with team members is how do you get them to where they want to go? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're starting to earn equity into Lead Cookie. Content Allies, I still own that 100%, but again, we'll probably do something similar with my team members over time, some of the lead members there. And then for these new ones, a lot of what we're doing is we do, someone kind of threw out the idea of like a spirit of agreement. So it's basically like, okay, here's just a Google Doc with all of our terms, all of like the hard questions answered. Uh, it's not like some crazy legal thing, but hey, we're aligned on this. And then we say at you know 5K or at 20K of revenue, we're going to go open a new LLC, we'll hire an attorney, and we'll legalize this and actually split this off. Mm. And so that's kind of how we're doing the new companies. And that saves you just some, a lot of legal fees, especially if you know there's some projects that just you get into the mix. And again, it's not that the project fails. Because, you know, like, I don't really believe a project can fail, like you'll just change it, but, you know, maybe the working dynamic fails, Mm -hmm. or you guys realize you aren't as committed to it as you thought. So that spirit of agreement is like a really low cost, simple way to kind of start these off. Mm -hmm. Cool. Gotcha. And are these partners that you're talking about in these in the companies that are squarely yours? Were they employees? I mean, is that what Mm -hmm. you you hired all of these people and brought them into your world first? Yes, correct. Yeah. So they were all team members that were working there. So they've been working for Lead Cookie for quite a period of time. They've essentially like very well proven that they pretty much run the whole show now. Um, I really mm-hmm. don't do a lot with Lead Cookie other than kind of like higher level advisory, kind of coaching my team and occasionally working in on some like the bigger deals. But yeah, it's something where very much I they've been working, uh, I guess, for the company for a while. And now it's just as we think bigger picture, we're kind of putting the equity to kind of build that longer term investment and stuff like that. Gotcha. And and how does your brand fit into this? Because yeah. you produce a ton of content, it seems. Yeah. So my own personal brand is something that I've, I honestly, I, I've, I'm starting, I've literally for about seven years just produced content with very little like direct monetization. I just kind of shared stuff. And it's cool because like a large portion of lead cookie deals came from my personal brand. Like, and it drives a lot of stuff there. And so that's been really cool that it's, and that's been the monetization for a long period of time. As we go up market, that is somewhat, my personal brand doesn't always attract the right people. Um, it does still and sometimes, but at the moment I've started to recently doing some kind of business advisory and kind of opening up a handful of seats to just advise people one-on-one, which has been something fun and just that I enjoy. I don't know if I'll do it forever, but very much enjoying that and starting to try to grow and I guess badass my brand, as you would say. 
I like redid the website and everything and I'll probably start putting out maybe some books or some small kind of products or stuff like that. But for me, it's just been a fun journey to share what I learn. Like, I don't know how many times, like, it's interesting, like I will go to my team and they're like trying to do something and I'm like, hey, read this article I wrote on how I did this in the past and like you guys do it this time. And so it's almost this like documentation of my own brain in public that often becomes like ways to teach other people that I'm advising or even my own team uh, how to do things. Mm, I love that. I I have used those questions to, to write content because I think, oh, if I'm getting this question, I should have an article. And at some point, I would love to just be able to answer everybody's questions with an article. <laughs> oh, yep. Here's an article for that here, you know, yep. which is it's just a great way to find topics to talk about. So do you use content allies to produce some of your content? Yeah, they produce a, a very good amount of it. I like to do my own writing just because, I don't mm-hmm. know, I've like got really into the art oh, and craft yeah. of writing. But they definitely do. They produce everything on my podcast. They actually publish all of my writing. They push it up, put it up on the website. They turn it into social posts for my, my social feeds and everything like that. And then we're actually starting to do, uh, I'm starting to do a lot more video content. And so they're kind of producing all of that on the back end. So yeah, they're kind of, again, they are the, the whole point of the name was they're like allies where I just like give them really rough, raw inputs and then they get it all live, put it out there. So literally all of, I like hardly ever touch my website. I just like send off a document or a audio mm-hmm. file and then everything just happens and it's beautiful. So <laughs> I have a couple of people who help me kind of be in that position. I've found it very difficult to relinquish control over content that has my name on it. I'm getting better, (laughs) but when it comes out and I read it and I go, that's not exactly what I meant, or I don't really love how that was phrased because it was edited. You know, I, I find myself spending time going back in and changing things. Have you ever had that problem or is that really not what you want to spend your time doing? Yeah, I just, I keep control over... A certain period. So like I said, I write my own articles and I write my own newsletters. And so those to me are like the really core pieces, but like the podcast summaries. And and I also, I also do kind of a backlog of these like daily social posts, but then like my promotional social posts, like that kind of stuff, I'm pretty happy to relinquish control over. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, I guess, like for me, like the newsletter and like my articles, like those are the two things that I like want to control because I feel like that's just, you know, the newsletter is such an important relationship with your email list. Mm-hmm. So I mean, can't take control over that, but then I try to just be a bit looser on the other stuff. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I actually, the way that you've set up content allies is a perfect parallel to something I try to teach solopreneurs how to do with their content, which is create the core content. You can have editors, you can have people who are going to polish it. That's a lot of the heavy lifting, but the core content must come from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't just outsource your articles and then to a bunch of writers who are not experts in your field, because that's the magic, right? That's, that's why they're coming to you for whatever perspective or, or point of view that you have. But once you create that, you can create all kinds of pieces of content from that. So I love your model. And actually, you your content allies is really the next step for these 
people that I'm training. I'm training them how to do it themselves, maybe outsource some of that to VAs, but eventually really to a company like yours. Who is the target market? Like how big does somebody have to be for it to make sense for them to hire someone like content allies? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it can vary. We've got some people that are solopreneurs that are just like doing well. And then we've got some companies where we're literally kind of rotating around the leadership team and we'll be interviewing, you know, the CEO, the COO, the head of sales or something like that. Our general just kind of like range of pricing can be from like two to seven K. So it is, you know, it is decently expensive, but it is something where we're really handling a lot. And so, I mean, we're publishing it all to their website for them. We're creating all the show notes. We're getting it out to their feed. So it's, we very much aim to just deliver a very comprehensive experience with that as well. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're actually producing people's podcasts? Yep. Yeah. So we'll, like I said, out of those, like each of those interviews, we'll create a handful of short kind of like, like educational snippet episodes for a podcast. And then some of the people will go on and do kind of interview type podcasts and we'll help them produce that as well. But we're very much, the whole goal is that we're just like long-term allies and partners, people to help them kind of build themselves into a thought leader. So cool. I love that. Everybody needs that these days because the content is where it's at. I mean, have you seen, I've seen a lot of marketing copy out there that I've been railing against that says, you know, oh, blogs are dead. They say you need a blog. They say you need content as if this is so much work and it's, you don't have to do it. There's a, there's a better way. There's an easier way, which we all know that's the perfect recipe for marketing copy. But I, I get that there are other ways to also market, but content to me is still, uh, it's still king because it, it creates a long lasting foundation for your authority online and you can't take it away from people. I mean, these, you know, these relationships that you build on Facebook, for example, like building a, like I have a Facebook group, right? But I can't rely on that long-term for my business. I need to, I have need to have ownership over my authority online. And so that means that I have to be creating that content so that it never goes away. I mean, obviously you agree because you built whole businesses based on this concept. Yeah, it's something there where it's just, especially anything around like your personal brand or anything there, it's just like the the content just becomes an asset for life. It's like, I still refer people to articles I wrote years ago mm-hmm. and still still drive business or just like demonstrate authority and everything. But it's, yeah, it's something there where I, I, I'm a huge believer in content. It's why I decided to focus on this because like despite like the fact that Lead Cookie is an outbound sales company, we got a lot of our business through inbound. Mm-hmm. And I just know like even... Like I've got outbound funnel set up. I actually close a lot of content analyzed customers through outbound, but I will take inbound leads any day over the week over outbound because outbound is just, it's harder and you put work in to get direct clients out, but you don't get an asset with it. And so like, if I go and I spend like a ton of money and time on an outbound campaign you know, I can get clients on the out- back side of that, but as soon as the outbound campaign's done or I quit investing the time or money into that, the kind of the, you've got the leads, which you can continue to work, but then like you don't, other than that list of kind of, you know, leads who responded, you don't really have an asset versus investing time or money into content. You're just kind of building something that can just be out there and exist for a long period of time. And, you know, I, I mean, I know that people research, you know, on Lead Cookie or Content Allies, they research our site, they go through our articles, they watch the videos. 
and like review all this stuff before they hire us. And so I just know that like with content, you're driving business, you're driving leads as well, but you're also creating this asset that's going to serve you for years to come. Yes, that is so well put. I actually, so full disclosure, I've sent quite a few clients to Lead Cookie over the years and they were all super happy. And actually one of them, she was like, I had so many leads. <laughs> and actually her biggest problem was that she wasn't ready to close. Like she had never closed outbound leads before, which is a different strategy than closing mm-hmm. inbound leads. I've I've never done outbound marketing. I've only done inbound marketing. It's easier. It's, I mean, that's why. I'd rather put my blood, sweat, and tears into content so that, okay, so that when you come to me, you, <laughs> you're already yep. interested and I have to do the heavy lifting for you. But I want to, I want to stress something you said, because it's really, it's an important distinction that I think a lot of people who are just starting out in their marketing don't understand, which is because outbound marketing, you're talking about all, I'm sure many, many more strategies than I even know of now, but reaching out to potential clients and, and basically warming them up enough to have a call. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And and when I think, I mean, ads are really the same thing. That's paying to get in front of people. And what you're saying is when you turn those ads off or you turn that spigot off, you have whoever signed up and whoever you've connected with, but that's it. You don't have the additional long-term value that these articles, I, I'm the same way. I send people articles that I wrote. I find articles I wrote five years ago. And I'm like, that's really good. <laughs> like that's still, <laughs> I could have read that yesterday. Amazing. So the, the value, I think what I'm also hearing is obviously you want to do the content, but there's a value in having both because if you're doing outbound marketing, you still want people to see that content because that will warm them up even more and almost make them a, like a half, a half inbound outbound marketing lead. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's, it's it's something where, we, again, we've just seen this many times. The customers of ours who have really good, like, online presence, presence and online content, mm-hmm. like, their outbound campaigns convert better. I see it myself right. just from, like, I literally will, like, can be, like, track someone where, like, they I'm reaching out to them on LinkedIn, and then, like, they hop on the call, and they talk to, like, about the articles they read on our site. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like, that is, there's clearly people are digging, like, people just think like, oh, contact people, and then they respond, and then they buy, and they, like, just right. think that someone's going to buy from some random person online without ever researching, and that's not quite how the world works. Not at all. And <laughs> on the flip side, I mean, going down the rabbit hole of somebody's blog, especially if you're enjoying what they're saying, you watch a couple videos, I mean, you feel like you know them. I get on the phone with people who say I just spent a couple of hours reading all of your stuff. I mean, they feel like they know me and that does all the work for you. If you can get people to call you in that position. Yeah, exactly. It just, it goes such a long way and it's, that's what I mean. The inbounds always better than outbound in that sense. Cause yeah, you get someone that has consumed that amount of content and they're just, they're ready to go when, by the time they get on the call and you're just guiding them, making sure it's a right fit. Right. Making sure it's the right fit, guys. That's the most important part. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how you, you, all these projects you've got going, I feel like make my head spin. How do you organize your life around all these things? Yeah. So I, again, like the, I think the, the one thing that I think to stress or share is that like the, the do one thing and do it well, I think is really important where I think you can only really build one thing at a time. I think it's really, if you're trying to build multiple things at the same time, it's kind of a, it's, it becomes quite a challenge or there's something's going to suffer. And so the cool thing with like 
lead cookie is I've got it to a point where I built it up. I've got, you know, leadership team there that's running it, they're owning it, they're growing it and even evolving it and building out new service lines. And like, I am just advising. And so like from there, I'm just advising content allies. What does that look like? Hold on. So what does that look like? I'm advising. Uh, I show up on the weekly calls. I kind of guide workshops. I have one-on-ones with my head of ops. I have one-on-ones with my head of strategy and head of sales. Um, And so basically I just have team calls and that's pretty much all that I do there other than like occasionally, like I said, hop on maybe like a bigger deal or when we're pioneering a new service, we're doing a lot of performance-based deals now. I'll Mm kind of maybe get involved in some of those initial calls for like a new process or something like there, but it's... It's pretty high level and it's pretty not too involved. And so that's like almost in like a maintenance mode for me while my team is building it. Mm-hmm. And so that enables me to, I guess, to then focus. I've been focusing heavily on building content allies over the past year. That is starting to shift. I've got a sales guy in training right now. And so I'll be like, I feel like I'll be coming out of build mode and into more maintenance while my team grows here in the next couple of months. And then that enables me to, again, this, that's why I'm starting to slowly build some of these other projects here on the side. But I think the biggest thing for me is there's like a I'm big fan of strategic coaches stuff and they've got a, a framework of who, not how. And so it's like anytime you're trying to accomplish something, instead of asking like, how do I do this? It's ask who can, who can do this? Mm-hmm. And it's just like a simple mindset shift that it's like weird because you're just trying to be lazy and not do anything. But I'm like very much focus on how do I just paint pictures, paint visions, give my team targets to go toward, and then empower them to go there and not do it myself versus I used to try to just do everything myself. And it takes a level of cash and a level of patience and like, you know, Mm -hmm. coaching to be able to get to that. But that's really how I'm able to do it. So that most of my time is like thinking about the targets to go toward as opposed to actually implementing them myself. Mm -hmm. Cool. And you are married. Yes, correct. Uh, uh, and your wife is, what is she, is she involved in your businesses at all? She is not. We tried that, did not work out. So I know you got the, I know you're, you're, you're working with your spouse a lot, but I, that did not work for us. So it, it's not for everybody. <laughs> I believe it. It's, it's quite a challenge for us too. I was just curious because I, you know, picturing you managing all these things and just wondering if it's, it's really you. I mean, it's all you. It's it's not all me. Like I say, the bit one of the biggest things I found is again, like this it comes down to the personality things. Like I need mm-hmm. to be paired with an executor on each project. Mm-hmm. So at Lead Cookie, I've got just like my my team there and they execute on everything. And then at Content Allies, like I've got uh one of my lead team members there and she just executes on it. And like if I can that's what I found for me is like having that opposite personality. For me, that is just an executor that can take the vision and I can say, hey, here's success. Go like create it. Mm-hmm. That is what I find works really well for me. So it's not just me. It is mm-hmm. definitely like a well, phenomenal team around me. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you find these phenomenal people? We do a really ridiculously weird interview process. So we do our process for all my companies. We, we use what we call like the gauntlet for interviewing. Okay. So it's this like super in-depth application where you know, there's some level of like, you know, outbound expertise demonstration, some or content writing, one of the two. And then they have to like submit a video with Mozart playing in the background. They have to say moist is the first word and toodaloo is the last word. It has to be 60 seconds or less. 
and then they have to put it on Dropbox and make that the last link of their like thing and put it all in a Google Doc. They have to send us a funny video and we've got like memes and stuff and like all of our values on our page. And it attracts like the right kind of people that fit our culture. And then I also get people that literally just cuss me out before they ever even apply. And like, they're just like, screw you and your application process. This is horrible. Oh, that's and, so smart. Yeah. And it, it's great. Cause it's like, well, I didn't yeah. want to work with great. that person. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving me so much time. <laughs> and I just always screenshot those and share them with the team and everyone gets a kick because everyone who works with us has been through that process. And, and that's one of the big things we do to really screen and try to find the right people. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. So I love that. I did a tiny, the tiniest version of that. I just remember years ago looking for somebody in a Craigslist post. I just put buried something in there and said, please make this the subject line. And already anybody who can't do that, you know, okay, great. Now I have 10% of the applicants that I can really look at. Mm -hmm. I love how you take this to the extreme. My first thought was, well, isn't that going to get a certain kind of person? I guess you're the, you're the person bringing the the more visionary big picture stuff. But I mean, do you, are you only looking for people who, I, I mean, maybe this, of course, maybe of course, you're look, only looking for people who are diligently and can follow complicated directions and take them with stride. I mean, is that the yeah. idea? If for, for lead cookie was something we definitely needed more. In just general, we found that having like a, a lot of the roles, the executors, I guess oh, it, right. it really attracted those people. But then we did when we started doing that into a content writing thing we had we had to kind of ease up on it a little because we're like I'm okay saying. like not like <laughs> all these creative. writers yeah these creatives are like not all I'll for that. that yeah so we had to ease up on a little bit on there and kind of okay. tweak it but it, it still kind of kept the the genesis of it and kept some uh -huh. of the core pieces but we we did make it a little shorter and simpler for the content writers so i love that did you make that up uh i heard it somewhere i have no idea where i heard it someone i think someone even told me about it secondhand and then i've just implemented it and it's yeah it's worked great and what's cool is like we don't have to go through that many applicants right like we're in like when we do get an applicant like i have so much in their google doc that it's like i will probably interview maybe three to four people for mm -hmm. any position we fill because like i can just tell so much from the google doc how much they respond their video and like how they talk and stuff whether they'll be a good fit just based off of that. So I love it. Who was your first hire and how did that go? First hire was a guy, Jeff Markle, who is basically the head of operations at Lead Cookie now. So I actually technically hired him before Lead Cookie even started when I was just kind of doing my outbound consulting and literally just hired him to just help with everything and it was just like and and basically we've just got an amazing working relationship where he just says i never want to work for anyone else mm -hmm. it's kind of what he literally told me last week and so it's he's literally also my old college sweet mate and so we've, we've known each other for years and our personalities are just like a perfect dynamic of visionary and then executor and it just works really really well in that dynamic very cool did you bring him on as an employee at first or was it like a contractor basis or yeah, it was, uh, started off as kind of contractor start testing things. And then at some point he, he was literally about to, his wife was about to have a kid and he was working at this job that was like horrible and made him like hate his life. And it was like 80 hour work weeks and he's just like tied to his phone. Mm -hmm. And he took like a giant pay cut at that time to come work with me. He now makes more than he did at that job. 
but he gets to work from home, have freedom and just like right. enjoy his life. And he's also like, it's when he literally came and working with me, it was just like just me and him. And now he literally runs operations overlay and has like 25 people that are working underneath him. So it's like crazy the the evolution that he's gone through to kind of like grow to that stage as well. That's amazing. And that was not that long ago. I remember when you launched Cook, Lead Cookie. Yeah, we are actually. Well, maybe it was a long time as ago. As of I mean, five days ago, it was uh, three years. So <laughs> Three years. Wow. So you had your first hire at a little over three years ago. Yeah, I would say I think he came on probably somewhere in around like probably six months before Lead Cookie started. So that's quite an evolution, Jake. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it's I. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride. Learned a lot. There's a lot of mistakes in there too, but yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, and and I assume everybody's remote. Uh, yep, hundred percent remote. The entire team. So. Remote. So I mean, I didn't. They weren't remote. They came into our office. I know that that was a big piece of it. But the the one time I had empl- actual employees, it it blew up in my face. I was not ready for it, to be fair. But I am I am scarred for life from that. So instead, I have start. I have hired so many outsourced, you know, companies and people who are businesses in their own right. And I I think I've really wanted to keep it that way, to just keep my flexibility and my, I don't know, I think of it as keeping freedom, but you paint a really nice picture of it being free, even if you have all these people who depend on you. How do, I mean, I think of you as being this, are you in Germany right now? Yeah, yep. Yes. Okay. So I think of you as being this lone wolf traveling around the world, living the nomadic lifestyle, but you've got all these people who, who depend on you. Help me through that mindset shift. Yeah. So like, I'll share just, I guess, like a, a story on that. So I, I had a business partner in my first company and it also, it blew up horribly and just like absolutely terrible. I was a young, naive idiot at the time too. It was largely my fault. I was not really ready, but one of the things that came out of that is I realized like I had a story for years of like, I own everything a hundred percent, no business partners. I don't want to have to deal with anybody else. And mm-hmm. I have had that story for about 10 years now, eight or nine or 10 years ever since I kind of split with my business partner. And I've recently kind of gone through this shift of being like, oh, wow, like the business partners aren't that bad. We were just in a really tough business. We didn't have a lot of money uh, that we were making and we were under a lot of stress and we were both really young and inexperienced. And we were like, and so like all these things like, and I, but then like the story is just business partners are bad. Mm. And I've had that for years and it really took another kind of the, with this phase of getting over that, of being like, Hey, you know, business partners can be good. I just, as long as like my entire livelihood is not dependent on this basically 50, 50 partnership with someone else over this like income and very stressful business where we have debt and all this stuff. So that's like a similar guess, kind of like mindset shift that I've had as I've started to go toward this, which I feel like has opened up a lot of new doors. But I think with like the team members, it's it's a similar thing where like a lot of people like I remember actually leaving after there's there's an article on my site somewhere. It's like why I will never hire people again. And I wrote that like right after I like left my company because I was so sick of having a team. And then at some point you realize like, oh, no, like you can get so much leverage and value from a team. Because like the if you hire a company, like they're pulling profit capture off of you hiring them. Mm-hmm. And so like there's just some level of margin that is eaten up from that company just like trying to profit off of that. Versus when you hire someone, and what I find really interesting is, which ties into my strengths of one-on-one, 
you can also hire someone like kind of low and then really invest in them and coach them and train them if they've got the right mindsets. And I find that to be like a really rewarding experience and just like really profitable experience as well. So even though I've got like probably around 30 people in total that work across the companies, like I directly manage about five to six of them and the rest of them, like I really don't interact with on a regular basis at all. Mm. And, and how did you learn how to be a great manager? I mean, there's like the, the tactical tip would be like, go read the one minute manager. Like that's like a, a good like starting point. But I think it's one of the biggest things I think is just like, that's why there's this whole world of like leadership development and stuff. But it's just like one of the biggest, my favorite quotes around this is like, just become someone worth following. And that's like, that's just such a big thing. And it's like a lot of my team has almost like approached me to like want to work with me or like they want to like grow because they want to learn. A lot of them have desires to start their own businesses someday, but they like see the value and like, because I'm consistently developing as a person, they want to keep uh, learning from me as well. And so it's, it's like a lot of my own personal development, growing myself as a person and then teaching what I learned to my team. And like, I feel like that's, to me, like that's like leadership, like simplified. There's probably a lot more nuance to it, but that's just yeah. what I, the way I focus on it. I love it. And that also, it, it makes sense in the exchange of value. You get to leverage the employees by increasing their value, by training them, but they're getting so much out of that too. I mean, wow, I would have loved to have worked under someone like you when I was in my early 20s before I, not that I wanted to work for anyone, but if I had, <laughs> I would have loved to have worked for somebody who could have taught me a lot of the things that probably took me a lot longer to learn because I had to learn them on my own. And, you know, what a great gift and what a great value for them. Yeah. One thing I'll add on that is like a lot of the, when I really look at almost most of my leadership team, like my strategists at Lead Cookie, my strategists at Content Allies, like head of ops, most of them were attempting to do their own freelancer consulting business in some level, mm. but really struggling with it. And they just like, they were just all, they were really good at what they did, but they just like the whole, like the wholeness of entrepreneurship, the million things you have to learn and think about, <clears throat> they struggled with. Mm. And so like, even my two guys who run lead cookie now, they had an outbound consultancy before coming to work with us and they would work with, you know, maybe four or five clients at a time. And then they were like, how are you guys working with like 60? Like, how are you guys even do that? And so like the, the intrigue, the interest of them kind of like ramping down their thing and working with us was like, I want to learn how you're doing the same thing we're doing at like 10x the, the volume. Mm. And so that's like what attracted them to learn here. And they like leveled themselves up. They're at a totally different spot in their capabilities because they joined the team and they learned uh, with us as well. That's awesome. That's really great. And that, that requires a certain kind of person to see that opportunity too and want to learn, right? Because a lot of people yeah. don't want to give up their baby. I've, I've tried to approach some freelancers like that. I'm like, hey, I think you'd be great fit. And they're like, no, no, I got my baby. And it's like, okay. But there's some who are, they're like, yeah, I hate this thing. I just want to do good work. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not everyone's cut out for it because there's a whole other piece besides the business and the service that you have to work on as mm -hmm. you are so eloquently shared and it's uh, a lot of that is yourself <laughs> yep not everybody wants to do that work indeed well thanks so much for coming on jake i really appreciate you sharing 
all of this behind the scenes and about your businesses. I'm so excited for where you've gone. I mean, I we definitely connected at least four or five years ago. And just to watch your trajectory has been amazing. And I feel like already I'm having a mindset shift just from talking to you. So uh, I appreciate that as well. No problem. I appreciate you bringing me on here. This was awesome. And it's been crazy cool to see your evolution as well and just where you've come with everything. So yeah, we're grateful for being on the show. Yeah. We are the next generation or we're this generation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're, we're, we're blazing the path for everybody else and I'm excited about it. Great to know you, Jake. Thanks for coming. Talk to you Thanks soon. for having me on here. If you're one of those thought leaders who would love to have someone else deal with creating all of your content, a la the Gary Vee model, learn more at contentallies.com. While you're at it, check out jakejorgovan.com to learn more about Jake and his various companies and investments and to see how transparent Jake is about what he's great at and not so great at right there on his website. The links to both will be in the show notes at piasilva.com. Also, if you know other entrepreneurs who struggle to put their business in its place and could benefit from hanging out with us, please share this podcast with them. Hard work can only take you so far. It's how you show up in your business that really makes the difference. And to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Show Your Business Who's Boss, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player. Taking inspiration from Jake today, you've probably taken Myers-Briggs or DISC or some other personality assessment in the past, but did you actually look for ways to apply the information to how you structure your workday, what you work on and what you outsource, and even what your business should focus on? Jake uses Clifton Strengths Finder to hone in on what he does best and eliminate the draining activities from his work schedule. And as you heard, it helps him find a much more effective position for one of his employees who was in the exactly wrong role for her strengths. Spending the majority of your time working on things in your zone of genius is a great way to be more effective and feel more fulfilled. And that might just be your next step to showing your business who's boss.